Chapter Thirty Eight of the Mesmerist Victim by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Father and Son. The Knight of Redcastle knew he should find his father at their Paris lodgings. Since his rupture with Richelieu, he found life insupportable at Versailles, and he tried to conquer torpor by agitation and by change of residence. With frightful spells of swearing, he was pacing the little garden when he saw his son appear. In his expectation, he snapped at any branch. He greeted him with a mixture of spite and curiosity. But when he saw his moody face, paleness, rigid lines of feature, and set of the mouth, it froze the flow of questions he was about to let go. "'You? By what hazard?' "'I am bringing bad news,' returned the captain gravely. The baron staggered. "'Are we quite alone?' asked the younger man. "'Yes.' but i think we had better go in as certain things should not be spoken under the light of heaven affecting unconcern and even to smile the baron followed his son into the low sitting-room where philip carefully closed the doors father my sister and i are going to take leave of you what is this said the old noble surprised how about the army I am not in the army. Happily, the king does not require my services. I do not understand thee. Happily. I am not driven to the extremity of preferring dishonor to fortune. There you have it. But your sister, does she entertain the same ideas about duty? asked the baron, frowning. She has had to rank them beneath those the utmost necessity. The baron rose from his chair, grumbling. What a foolish pack these riddle-makers are! If what I say is an enigma to you, then I will make it clear. My sister is obliged to go away lest she be dishonored. The baron laughed. Thunder! What mottled children I have! he sneered the boy gives up his regiment and the girl a stool of state at a princess's feet all for fear of dishonor we are going back to the time of brutus and lucrezia in my era though we had no philosophy if any one saw dishonor coming he whipped out his sword and ran the dishonor through the middle i know it was a sharp method for a philosopher who does not like to see bloodshed. But, anyway, military officers are not cut out for philosophers. I have as much consciousness as you on what honor imposes, but blood will not redeem. A truce to your petty phrases of philosophy, cried the old man, irritated into trying to be majesty. I came near saying patroons. "'You were quite right not to say it,' retorted the young Chevalier, quivering. The Baron proudly bore the threatening and implacable glance. "'I thought a man was born to me in my house,' said he. 
a man who would cut out the tongue of the first knave who dared to tell of dishonor to the Tavernay Redcastles. Sometimes shame comes from an inevitable misfortune, sir, and that is the case of my sister and myself. I pass to the lady. If, according to my reasoning, a man ought to attack the dagger, the woman should await it with a firm foot. Where would be the triumph of virtue unless it meets and defeats vice? Now, if my daughter is so weak as to feel like running away... My sister is not weak, but she has fallen victim to a plot of scoundrels who have cowardly schemed to stain unblemished honor. I accuse nobody. The crime was conceived in the dark. Let it die in the dark, for I understand in my own way the honor of my house. But how do you know? asked the baron, his eyes glowing with joy at the hope of securing a fresh hold on the plunder. In this case, Philip, the glory and honor of our house have not vanished. We triumph. Ugh! You are really the very thing I feared, said the captain with supreme disgust. You have betrayed yourself, lacking presence of mind before your judge's righteousness before your son. I have no luck with my children, said the baron. A fool and a brute. I have yet to say two things to you. The king gave you a collar of pearls and diamonds. To your sister. To you? But words matter not. My sister does not wear such jewels. Return them, or, if you like not to offend his majesty, keep them. He handed the casket to his father, who opened it, and threw it on the chiffonier. We are not rich since you have pledged— or sold the property of our mother, for which I am not blaming you. But so we must choose. If you keep this lodging, we will go to Tavernay. Nay, I prefer Tavernay, said the baron, fumbling with his lace ruffles while his lips quivered, without Philip appearing to notice the agitation. Then we take this house. I will get out at once and the baron thought down at tavernay i will be a little king with three thousand a year he picked up the case of jewels and walked to the door saying with an atrocious smile philip i authorize you to dedicate your first philosophical work to me as for andrea's first work advise her to call it louis or louise as the case may be it is a lucky name he went forth, chuckling, with bloodshot eye and a brow of fire. Philip clutched his sword-hilt, saying, "'God grant me patience and oblivion!' End of chapter 38 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia